could be the meanest burger in the world if you took it that way. <laughs> hey, you did it on purpose. <laughs> you got damn right, I did. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was recording the first time, dog. I it, know it was. No, it really, it really wasn't. It really wasn't. But uh, yeah, I had to take that moment, man. <laughs> I've been watching. Uh, they put Chappelle's show on Netflix. I was gonna ask you. <laughs> yeah, so I just watched a couple of nights ago. Uh, Calvin got a job. We've made. <laughs> I've referred to ill nigga. You smell like French fries, mad times. But to watch it again was really, was really dope. My man saying that shit about the burgers, like, man, I need to stop smoking this shit right here. Oh, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. Dude, man, it is, uh, I would, what I was up? Like, I was, was going to bring that up to you. I was, like, was going to ask you if you had Netflix. Yeah, man. What a time to put that shit back on TV. Bruh. Listen, I'm not going to front. <laughs> I'm not going to front, man. So, like, I watched it, right? And you know how stand-up comedy and just comedy overall just kind of evolves. Like, 80s comedy just kind of isn't as fun. A lot of it isn't as funny because it doesn't age well in the sense of, like, what is funny now. And so, like, as, you know, 30-plus-year-old, man, I'm watching some of Chappelle's show. And, like, some of it is, like, you know, 2004 funny. Now, some of that shit stands the test of time, right? Clayton Bigsby, The Nigga Family, um, you know, in the points he was trying to make, some of it is a little like, okay, I'm 32 now. This is a little immature. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And some of it is like, some of that shit you could not get away with in 2020. Fuck no. He would like, the first couple, like, I think it was like the first season, like, like each episode, like there's a spot in each episode. He says, fuck, I'm gonna get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a little, it's a little crude. Um, I think what was the spot about? Uh, he said something about gay sex being gross. Yeah, <laughs> and he had the white girl singing how he loves lesbians. Um, yeah, man, some of that shit would not fly in 2020, man. Them alphabet people ain't having it. No, uh, hey, I was watching that shit and I was thinking the same thing. I was like, oh my god, yeah, this is what, this is what we needed. <laughs> right, right. Did you watch? Uh, did you watch his monologue? I didn't get to see all the skits, uh, all the sketches of the, the latest uh, Saturday Night Live. Did you get to watch his monologue, his opening speech? I have not. Uh, it's on Hulu, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I, uh, I watched it on on the YouTube. I put up a YouTube link. Um, yeah, Dave, Dave, <laughs> Dave. <laughs> Dave's other Davin. <laughs> Dave was Davin. Um, yeah, man, he hit he hit everybody. Um, anybody can get it. There was no crowd either, was there? Oh, yeah, yeah. there was a crowd. Oh, yeah, there was a crowd. And that's what, that's where some of, like, that's where some of, like, the, the fun, the, 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 the the hilarity of the experiment, because, like, there's some jokes that hit, right? And there's some jokes that's like, uh, I can't believe you said that. (laughs) We're never having this motherfucker back on our show again. Bruh. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it for you, but I know some of the listeners of you know have have, have uh, watched and heard it. But he said this joke about Freddie Mercury that like <laughs> kind of quieted the crowd a little bit. Oh man, I got I got to check it out. Yeah, man, he made a comparison between Donald Trump and Freddie Mercury. That was uh, 
yeah, people kind of like, oh, ooh, like you can't, I don't know if you can say that. Um, yeah, man, but you know, for those listening who feel some kind of way about the, uh, about the election, come and get your nigga lessons. Uh, <laughs> it'll make more sense when you watch that, when you watch the monologue. But, <laughs> I love that's some shit you could just say out in public and like the people who get it get it the ones who hadn't seen it some of them will get it but the ones who are completely fucking clueless I want to see those faces oh come and get your nigga lessons dog is Dave Chappelle the greatest of all time I think he is cause like he fucking like I, like the reason I think he is like he fucking he shows no mercy on anybody like on everybody he doesn't fucking like I don't know. Like he doesn't pick sides. He's fucking. He's in it. He's in it to fucking get everybody. I f- and and you know with the comedy, there's certain stuff. You know some of the uh, more recent standups. I mean, there's certain stuff that like when I say I don't agree with, I don't mean necessarily as far as it being offensive. I mean that's 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 one thing. But I mean, there's a couple certain premises I felt like he could have delivered better. There was some some logic that I felt like he could have uh, hit a little harder. But overall, like for one, yeah, he had it, he he had the hit show right, and he had fuck that. <laughs> that's I think that's the thing. I think yeah. that is the thing. If that was listen to quit your highly rated Comedy Central show, right? That would have killed anyone's career. It took a quite a long break. Yes, he did. Yeah. I watched, um, right before I started watching Chappelle's show, I watched his episode of uh, My Next Guest Needs No Introduction. With D- David Letterman has a show on Netflix. Okay. And they had like an hour interview. Um, Dave, t- uh, sorry. Well, they're both named Dave. Uh, Dave <laughs> took, Dave Chappelle took David Letterman through um where he lives in ohio like he had dave letterman come to ohio to interview him like where he does yeah like who has that kind of power right um he you know but he was showing this small town how interesting it is what they stand for uh you know dave letterman fell in love with it to a certain extent but they were talking about when dave Chappelle left Chappelle's show and like the fear that dave Chappelle felt feeling like his career was over like yeah dave took such a break. I imagine a lot of it, you know, I imagine some of it was imposed, but a lot of it was like, nigga, fuck Dave Chappelle. He ain't never welcome back in Hollywood. I think there was a black ball aspect, but I think on top of it, how the the cult following between uh, or the cult following behind Chappelle show and its greatness, whatever aged or didn't age well, the cult following behind it. The fact that he left on his own terms, like he didn't get fired. He owned his fucking career. Yeah, he didn't get fired. He didn't. He he like he quit in the middle of filming a season, standing on his own principles. Like not a lot of people. Well, for one, not a lot of people would do that, and not a lot of people could get away with that and come back the way he is now. Like I mean, like he didn't like he wasn't in too many movies. You know what I mean? Well, like, I feel like a, like a lot of his shit came from, from, from when? Well, he had um he had a little bit of a movie career, but he wasn't like he wasn't never he was never the star, right? So he did uh yeah. 
I think he did what, like Robin Hood, Men in Tights. He did a Blue Streak with Martin Lawrence. Um, Undercover Brother. Uh, oh, was it was it Nipples Pink? <laughs> was it was it everything I dreamed of? <laughs> um, of course, Half Baked, which he starred in, but like Half Baked isn't like. You're not looking for like intellectual properties in no. <laughs> in half baked. You know, it's a movie about their buddy killing a fucking cop horse and they're trying right. to sell weed to get him out. Right, right. <laughs> you know, say he stole from a homeless man because his date wanted ice cream or corn dogs. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you're not just gonna learn. You're not gonna learn too much from that. But I mean, so he had his his little movie career, but like now. Anytime you see Dave anywhere, it just feels special. There's a certain aura around Dave. Um, between so yeah, I think between the actual product and just the legend around him, he really might be <laughs> he might be the greatest. No, I, I think he, I, I think he, he could do more. I don't think he wants to. You know what I mean? You don't th- do more as far as what? Like just being out there. I think, well, you know, he lives in a small town in Ohio and instead of like New York, L.A. And he kind of talked about that in that David Letterman interview. But I mean, listen, Netflix is throwing him the bag whenever he wants. It. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What I mean. And he did the 846, the little 22 minutes. special. he threw that on YouTube. So I think that like, yeah, the money counts, but it's not as much about the money. He's got. We talk a lot about autonomy. He's got the most autonomy he's ever had to say exactly what he wants to say. Listen, he was the host of Saturday Night Live four years ago when Duke no. won. <laughs> so this was the perfect the perfect bookend to that mess. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That saga. You know what I mean? So the more I think about it, I don't know I don't know who else I can make a case for. I can't make one for anybody else. You know what I mean? Kevin Hart isn't funny. No. Um, thank you. Fucking <laughs> okay. thank you. Dude, yeah, no, I can't. Yeah, listen, no. <laughs> how many times can you, he- you hear? <laughs> yeah, like, how many times can you hear? I'm short. Uh, um, who else? Eddie Murphy, his stand up career. I would love to see him in 2020, but I mean. After you know, after Raw and Delivery, Delirious, and he started doing Beverly Hills Cop. I mean, that stopped in the eighties. Um, Cat Williams had too much scandal. I mean, he got beat up by a twelve year old. Even though, even though his work, his work is great, but had had that shit not fell off the way it did, that oh six run when he was the man in oh six, uh, when Dave was gone, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He picked, he picked right up on that, bruh. He, oh. He, Whole little tink tink. When it was either him or Kevin, when either him or Kevin was gonna be the next, because there's only room for one, which is fucked up. The next top black stand up comedian, it was gonna be one of them. And you know, Cat had his issues. Um, maybe the closest would be Chris Rock. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Um. And I'm and and, and you know and. and I'm leaving out white comedians, but like white comedians aren't aren't really fun either. Um, there's Bill Burr, but I don't know if I'd, Bill Burr don't have the same cachet. Louis C.K. 
he pulled his dick out when he wasn't supposed to. Um, Andrew Dice Clay, I don't know if he'd be able to adjust to this climate. Um, George Carlin would probably be Carlin would probably be like the like quintessential white comedian if people had to like choose a white comedian. Definitely. You know what I mean? Um, who else is there? Dane Cook. I mean, he got accused of stealing jokes. So, hmm. I don't know, man. Listeners, if you uh, you got somebody in mind, man, who of who may be the greatest comedian of all time, um, the G coat, if you will, um, feel free to shoot those over, man. Shoot those over. But Ren, man, how you feeling, Mo? What's 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 new, man? Uh, not a lot, man. Just fucking got back to work this week. Was, yeah, uh, they were, they were glad to have me back. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, I didn't do shit all last week except for uh, drink way too much beer. Watch the <laughs> <pay-per-view>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I talked Sunday. I, I was hurting, man. I was like, Sunday video in. I'm feeling it today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we powered through. And uh, yeah, I've just been, just been hanging out, really. Haven't been up to too much. I feel you, man. Look at you, boring. Yeah, I know. Boring as fuck, dude. Yeah, Back's man. been hurting. Ain't been busy enough. You, you, ain't, been, you ain't been stretching and hydrating? Ain't been stretching, yeah. man. You ain't been I've eating been your blueberries? Diesels. With the D. That's, that's the opposite of hydrating. Uh, dehydrating, if you will. If you will. That might no, be I've been word. chilling, man. You I, said I, what? Been, man. No, I've been chilling, though, man. What have yeah. you been up to? Um, what Has anything transpired in this week? Y- yeah. Nothing like major. I was having a conversation with my sister about like the. Uh, that's why I was a little late. Um, you know, the conversation we were having. I don't even know how deep I want to get into it because there was a reason why I kind of dug in this conversation. I don't know if I want to dig into it on the, on the podcast. Um, we were talking about if if the soul and the ego. She she dropped something on her IG that said, uh, you know, do for the soul, do do for the soul instead of for your ego. And I was like, you know me. I was like, mm, nah, I don't know. I think I want both. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think I want to do both. And uh, we're having a conversation. I asked her, you know, is it possible, you know, do it? it are, are the soul and the ego always so far away from each other on the spectrum? Like, do the soul and the ego ever align? You know what I mean? Can you do something for your ego? Or, is, or honestly, it, is there something that you can do? Maybe it depends on the situation. Is there a situation that comes along where you can do one thing and it's good for both? Or if you do for one, is it always diminishing from the other? Shit, that's got my head hurt. I didn't even think about that. We spinning? We spinning? I mean, yeah. I, mean <laughs> I feel you. I hadn't, even, I hadn't even took a sip of the beam before me and I had this conversation. Um I was just thinking of something that I did lately, uh, recently, that I came to the conclusion was definitely more of an ego move um, with good intentions, and I'm not for certain how much it'll benefit my soul later on. That's something I got to figure out later. But um, yeah, just just a thought we were having, thought we were having, uh, or thought I was having conversation I was having. Um, in less uh, ex- existential news, <laughs> um, so I came across Kendra Lust's Instagram page today, <laughs> and I had a. I came across that. <laughs> well, listen, man, you you dig through the Instagrams, 
and you find yourself going down whatever rabbit hole. Maybe that's not the analogy I should use. Um, you find yourself going down whatever path, and then you find then you find out you 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 run into Kendra Lust Instagram page. Um, the thought I thought I had the thought I had. You know how like you see your friends doing something dope, like dope shit, and you like congratulate them. You shoot that text, hey bro, you really killed that shit, man. Like, do you think Kendra Lust like has a friend at the who works at the dentist office? And then she gets a text from her receptionist friend, like, hey, girl, you really, listen, I saw you in Lewisine. <laughs> you really, mm, <laughs> really killed it. <laughs> oh, and when, and when you said fuck that hole, I was like, oh, my God, that's so me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let's see, let's see, like, all right, check this out. <laughs> I, knew a, <laughs> I knew a girl in Carbondale. Uh and and her friend was actually in the business. Mm. <laughs> nice. And like she would like hype her up. <laughs> <laughs> like yo, y'all check out her new scene. <laughs> yo, yo, she's really she's really, really becoming an A lister after this one. <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna be in the Avians this year. <laughs> She's she's in the running for best new starlet. Uh, yeah, like she would hype her up. <laughs> oh my god! Like you remember uh, you remember Superbad? And, yeah, oh yeah. And he was like, and Jonah Hill was like, we always talk about our dick giving abilities. They probably take pride in their dick taking abilities. <laughs> Like that's 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 the real that's not, that's not a far fetched idea. So like maybe old girl that you knew was shooting a text message to a girl like yo you really you really you really rode that motherfucker. <laughs> oh the way to spit dr- never mind. <laughs> oh shit. Ah uh, so yeah that's just what I wondered. Like how far, how far does support go? Does it know any bounds? You know yeah, what I'm saying. Is, I never thought about that, man. Yeah, like, man. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> like if I like if I put out a tape today, today. <laughs> no, <man. It's> just... <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, like, 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 see, I've never known anybody in the business, so like, that's like. Like I don't even know, like man, I don't even know. I'm trying to watch this, bro. Like, this I is kind of weird. I listen. I listen. I know that dude for real, for real, <laughs> right? A show together, right? <laughs> <laughs> like I know, like I knew a girl who knew a girl in Carbonell too. Um, one of my guys, the closest he he <laughs> he did some production. <laughs> that shit's gotta be weird. He, yeah. <laughs> He so like he <laughs> he was a cameraman, and uh, the backdrop at the beginning was actually one of his beats, which is really fucking funny. Um, and my guy who sent me the who sent me the video, he was like, "Yo, watch this," and he didn't tell me nothing else. And I was like, "Yo, that sounds like a so and so beat," and he just dies laughing because <laughs> I instantly recognized the beat. Um, but yeah, man. I um, but yeah, like you know, if I just dropped the tape today, 
And I shot it out. Shout it out to the homies. Like, would the homies support me? I mean, you made a tape, dog. It's out there. Listen, this is my like, life. Uh, this is my livelihood. Hey, he's, hey, he's got a <laughs> tape out there. Like, I don't, I don't have a tape out there. He does. <laughs> like, props. <laughs> this is my livelihood. Like, would the like would the homies be like, yo, man, at at the eighteen minute mark, you really listen. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, you can't have conditional support. I mean, like I have to support you. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? Support got to be unconditional. If we if we tight, you know what I'm saying? Uh, now I gotta now I gotta I gotta join the business now. Just I gotta get my uh, I can't have those questions unanswered. Man, I, uh, I, I think you're probably too old. I don't know. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Tell tell Shane Diesel. And he's too old. Nah, listen, you 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 flip through some of these fucking. I'm listen. I'm in prime shape, okay? Maybe not prime shape, but I'm in I'm in I'm in good enough shape for some of the some of these mfs I be seeing out here putting it on Rochelle Ryan. Um, <laughs> I've heard that in high school. Uh, trying to tell you, man. Listen, the classics—they classic for a reason. They age well, or the doctors do. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's anywhere else we can go after that. Only up from here. Only, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. That's the name of my fucking tape. Um, I want to thank y'all for pressing play on episode ninety-one. Of the hard camera. <laughs> that has taken on a whole new meaning. <laughs> the hard camera. T-H-C-X-C-I. And I am your guy, Juve. J-U-V. Just under your visual. Camera Sitting productions. here. What's up? <laughs> hard camera productions. Yes. <laughs> the, Don't go steal on that shit either, that is, that is ours. We have established that, that IP. That is ours. I'm your guy, Drew, sitting here with my tag team partner, Big Ren, the legendary, and together we are the Highlanders. Big Ren. <laughs> Let them know how they can reach you on the social medias, dog. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> Woo! All right. You guys can fucking find me on Twitter and Instagram at amafucka, A underscore M-A-A-F-H-E-C-K-A. Then y'all can fucking also find me on Snapchat at moffedup316, M-A-A-F-F-H-H-D-U-P-316. Check it out, y'all. No doubt, man. <clears throat> Hit me on Twitter and the Instagrams at Juvi Desayuno, J-U-V-I-D-E-S-A-Y-U-N-O. Check out the show page, me and Big Random show page on Twitter and the Instagrams at The Hard Camera. Who would have thunk it? But of course, you listen to us on Spotify, or maybe Breaker, or maybe Google Podcasts, or maybe Anchor. Wherever you're listening to us, you listen to some uh, some heartwarming content, <laughs> some heart building content, <laughs> some content that would really love your unconditional support. Content that can only go up from here. Content that will hopefully help us pay our bills. Wow. 
<clears throat> so, Big Ren, I feel like the puns keep coming because we just had AEW full gear <laughs> this past weekend. Before we break down the show itself, man, got to hit the, uh, <clears throat> got to update the numbers. Big Ren, you went six for eight for full gear, taking your full total to 59 out of 90 matches predicted. Your guy Juve went seven for eight, taking my total of 56 out of 90. We only disagreed at 62.22%. We only disagreed on one match, and it was a, a match I needed. Had to, 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 to lighten that lead a little bit, slim that down a little bit. I got to say, man, us doing so well with the numbers, with the predictions, you know, it goes back to a to you know an idea that we talked about before. Like predictability is not a bad thing. No, it's a matter of how we got there because I think we both agree about what we think about the show, and I'll let you take it away. Oh shit! <laughs> um, but no, yeah, uh, predictability isn't bad. It's uh, it makes it even better when it doesn't go that way. You know, it's like fuck. And yeah, like I said, you know, of of the eight matches, I got one wrong, you got two wrong. So we knew how it was going to end. But the, the the show, I think we're on the same page. The show was great. Fucking best pay-per-view I've seen in a long time. What a great, great show, you know. I think it'll be the best one of the year. Is Listen, yeah. <laughs> going to be hard to beat. Uh, Double or Nothing was in. All Out was pretty decent. Revolution was good. But consistently, um, full gear, man. With it being the, as stacked of a card it was, yeah, it. it I think it delivered. It delivered, man. It let's uh, say it again. It didn't stop. Yeah, man. You know. Let's uh, let's start from the from the top, man. What was your what was your match of the night? It's fucking hard, dude. Because I've got like four of them. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, match of the night for me though was uh, FTR and Young Bucks. Bucks and FCR, okay. We've got new AEW Tag Team Champions, the Young Bucks, the Bucks of Youth. Um, starting it out, man, I like how they, you know, they went Lakers-Celtics, Lakers and Celtics colors there, um, which was, you know, and, and you know, understanding their history was a great underlying theme of, you know, the Bucks, uh, FTR. <clears throat> Not only the rivalry on, you know, AEW television, but, I mean, for some, this was a dream match. This was something that had been five six years in the making so i like that little that that underscore uh what was it about the match you love so much uh fuck i mean so many close calls i mean the the ankle yeah you know we thought i mean fuck dude i definitely thought ftr was gonna win this some bitch but they just started fucking up yeah you know? yeah 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 the um I like how they integrated, you know, the the hand injury into, you know, the foot injury, and that culminated with the where the punch and the super kick met, mm-hmm. which was I thought was a great touch. Um, I will say, you know, I, the stipulation probably wasn't necessary. No, I don't not, think it was either. Not necessarily because you know the Bucks won, but it just you know just eh, it just didn't seem all that necessary. Um, but you know what it came down to was FTR. They they went against their mantra. They uh they they flipped. <laughs> yeah, they did too many flips. The mantra is no flips, just fists. 
and uh, Dax, he he is that Dax or Cash? I don't know which one is because they've got like really like Southern redneck, cool redneck names. I think Cash is the one with like the mini mullet. Cash, okay. So the former, uh, former Dash. That makes sense. Cash and Dash, okay. And Dax is the one with like the the handlebar. Got you, got you, got you. So Cash went for the springboard four fifty. It was great to see that he could do it. However, one flip too many brought their grand total to one flip, and that's and that's all it took. Uh, and the Bucks take it away with a super kick. Um, I will say, and this is you know a bit of an impact. I think the match may have went a little too long. But um, I'm not sure they needed all the time that they got. But I mean, it was fine. It was it was it was a great back and forth match. I love the tributes to uh, you know teams of the past, teams that they were influenced by, um, and even the you know the shout out to DIY, which you uh, you wouldn't expect to see them being such a recent team, um, especially in you know in, in the in the rival promotion. But um, what well, we we saw a power we saw a powerplex, we saw a heart attack. We saw the Swanton Bomb, uh, Twist of Fate combo. We saw the 3D. Um, we saw the Steiner Bulldog off the top row. We saw a lot of tribute moves there, which uh, I've always been sucker for. So it was great. They didn't make it seem like like they didn't, they didn't base it off all of those. You're getting a little scratchy again. They didn't like, base like, it all back off like those old callbacks either, though. You know, because like. Match was it was the greatest match ever. Remember that shit? Yeah. It just seemed like that was just kind of. This just felt more organic, I guess. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. I um and I like you know on the most recent AEW episode, you know the Bucks seem to have uh you know they apologized to Alex Marvez for kicking him in the face. Um, Shook. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, he was a little 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 tight about uh, having to interview them. But uh, it seems like, you know, maybe they they may be back to, quote-unquote, a little bit of their regular selves or at least um, calm down selves now that they've, now that they've achieved and uh, won the titles, <clears throat> which uh, I saw was a, a Tony Khan call. Tony Khan was like, yo, you guys are getting the belts tonight. So uh, for those afraid of, you know, whether the Bucks use their sway or what have you, um, I I had that match or uh or the uh Hangman Kenny match as my match of the night. I kind of had it as a tie. Um and I think because I think the tag match may have went a little long, I think I'm going to go with Kenny and Hangman as my match of the night. Um they started off the pay-per-view. Which I was surprised with, but what a great way to start. Oh yeah. Let's get this shit rolling. Yeah, know. man. That match, like I watched it, I watched it twice. It just it flew by. It did. It seemed like it was only like five, ten minutes. Bruh. It really fifteen minutes, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like a fifteen, sixteen, seventeen minute match. Like it flew by. What an easy watch. They didn't have to go the whole twenty five minute epic. Um, like it was such a fun match to watch, and I still feel like there's more they could do. Oh yes. Like I feel like they held back a little bit. <laughs> Um, we didn't see Hangman this past Wednesday. We did not. We did not see Hangman. Uh, Kenny seemed to be a little preoccupied with himself. Um, actually, you know, I'm glad that we tied these two matches together because they are literally tied together uh, with the participants involved. Uh, we saw Hangman kind of lurking in the shadows after the Bucks defeated FTR. Um, kind of botched on, on on commentary from uh, Excalibur and Tony Schiavone. It's just a little awkward. 
how they addressed it or didn't address it or whatever they're trying to do. But um, there's clearly more more meat on that bone. Pause. Super pause. Um, and it was just announced. Kenny Omega versus John Moxley on the December 2nd edition of AEW Dynamite. Um, before we talk about that, how do you see, uh, not how do you see, but what do you think about uh, Moxley versus Kingston? That shit was brutal, dude. <laughs> it was rough. It was real rough. It uh, was rough. I was waiting for somebody to get set on fire when they pulled that alcohol <laughs> out. <laughs> Bro, 2020, and I was impressed with the fact we've seen the thumbtacks so many times, right? Yeah. We've seen blood so much. I've never seen someone pull out rubbing alcohol. Yeah. And it you makes it, it was so clever, but it seemed like yeah, it makes perfect sense. It's like uh it's like, it's like uh fuck when Tron got fucked up by the Wu Tang clan on Chappelle <laughs> show. <laughs> set that set that hanger on the stove for about fifteen, twenty minutes. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That was that. That's how they felt. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, such a small piece. Like, yeah, quick three ninety nine at your local Walgreens. And, yeah. And you set. Who brought that one up? There's some rubbing alcohol up in there. Yeah, man. I liked it. I liked that a lot. So now that we got that stage set, and we got some Eddie Kingston news to, to build upon uh, here in a second. But, um, you know, now that we got that set. We got Moxley and Omega. December 2nd. And it may be too soon to really call it. And maybe we have a little preliminary call it. I'm, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about the match when it when it comes. But how you see this going, man? Man, the way Kenny was talking tonight. Mm-hmm. We've never had a match. Te- technically. Yeah. There ain't ain't no match on the records. Um, on one in the ring. In straight the ring. Match. Do you think? I mean, because I mean, it's not happening in a Revolution, right? It's in December. Yeah. So, I mean, of course, it, it'd be kind of hard to build up to that match, you know, in in what it's November now, so December, January, three months, you know what I mean? But in the in the in the interim, how do you see that going? See, like I think like uh, Moxley, he hasn't had too many like high stakes straight up matches. He is I mean. definitely I, I love that you said that because his matches they are so different from like everything else on the yes. card. It's main event style. There's a certain brutality to it. I mean, cuz he's beaten, I mean, he beat Kingston in a brawl, he beat Lance Archer, he beat Brian Cage, he beat Brody Lee. Um and then he had the match with uh, MJF, which was a bit of a technical match, but he still brought his own style to it. So that was kind of the, the outlier there. But yeah, his matches, yeah, they they're a certain, they're they're different. <laughs> they're different than the the work rate based uh, matches of, of most AEW matches. I think this is going to be his highest stakes match where there's no like stipulations. Yeah, straight up match. I hear you. I hear you. Do you want to uh, make a preliminary prediction? I'm going to go with Omega on this one, man. I think I'm going to go with Moxley. Okay. Because I think they build to Moxley Omega 2 
at Revolution. I, I mean, like, do you, do you see Kenny giving Moxley a rematch? Well, him, fuck that. The thing uh-huh. with the thing with AEW is that they've got two ways to make a match, right? They've got storylines, of course, right? Storyline feuds. However, it's an it's a sports based it's a sports based uh, promotion. Meaning, you can you. I mean, hell, Omega is 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 the number one contender. He won a tournament, right? So they can get away with not building. So like Nyla Rose and Hikaru Shida, yeah, they have history, but they really only had the match because Nyla Rose is the number one contender. So they have a contender ranking ship. They don't have to have a, a huge backstory. They just need to have a number one contender. And so while Kenny and Moxley definitely have a backstory, they're only fighting because Kenny's the number one contender. Now maybe Kenny, the way he was talking all that shit, we've never wrestled. We've never been in a ring one-on-one with regular rules. He's clearly already overlooking John Moxley's talents, right? Yes. And we've also just talked about how John Moxley's matches are a little different, <laughs> right? Are a little different. So I think maybe John Moxley wins this match. Kenny finds a way to get a new match, whether it's via storyline, via feud, or via he's number one contender again. Either way, there's going to be a story attached. And I think that's when we get the title change at Revolution. Revolution's in February? February. February. Um, Because... You know what? Uh, so you know when John Moxley won the title, mm-hmm. he won it at Revolution. And do you know what another word for one year is? Uh, a, a revolution. Okay. All right. I, 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 I smoke what you're smoking. Yeah, I mean some of that good. Some of that good. That so would actually be perfect. Yeah, so I think we, you know, one revolution later, we get that new champion. Because, listen, Kenny's going to be the champion. Yeah. But I just don't know if Dynamite is where they want to do it. So I think they just take the time to extend the story a little more. And then when Kenny does win at Revolution, it's still only one-to-one because the Lights Out match didn't count. So it's one-to-one, and then you can still revisit that feud later on. That, that was just my unsanctioned pick. So. Oh yeah, no, this don't count. It don't count. <laughs> this don't count. We good. We good. Yeah, you know I mean, but listeners, man, mark it down. Episode ninety one. We're about just close to forty minutes in. We we got we got some theories, man, about the, how this will go, man. Mark mark it down. Episode ninety one. Um, getting back to um to uh full gear. Um, John, uh, not John. Eddie Kingston, he he said I quit. He got the bulldog choke, um, with the with the barbed wire wrapped around his face and neck. Um, now our, uh, our 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 crack Twitter staff was watching Full Gear, and right when the Penta Phoenix rematch was announced, a tweet went out. And y'all can go check the timeline. The tweet went out. It said, oh, that's going to get interrupted by Pac, ain't it? Boom. That was during full gear. And lo and behold, be low and hold it. 
we have the return of Pac. Listen, it might be Pac, but I just like saying Pac. <laughs> I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure which one it was because you call him Pac. I do say Pac. I think it's technically Pac. I like Pac. Okay. Um, Pac returned on AEW Dynamite after we saw Penta kind of wild out on was, Little Bro. Crazy match. Yeah, and then Eddie Kingston kicked him out of the ring like ha ha dead weight. And then Pot came back. He took the homies from him. They was Death Triangle beforehand. And Tony Schiavone, salute to Tony Schiavone. He did a great job of setting the stage without ever, like, giving it away that Pac was coming. During the match, when Penta and Phoenix were, like, wilding out on one another, Tony was talking to Eddie Kingston the way that was like, hey, listen, man, they wasn't doing this until you came into the picture. <laughs> like, they was chilling. Like, they weren't, they wasn't like this. And then, of course, as we remember, you know, before the pandemic, Pac and the Lucha Brothers formed a, formed a, uh, form a, a pack, a pact, if you will, um, Death Triangle. So I'm I'm really interested in where this kind of winds up, man. This is a great way to transition. Eddie Kingston into something new, Pac into something new, and it's they've got a legit. Pac has a legitimate reason. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Pac always got a reason. I'm a, I I don't know, man. I kind of got an idea. Uh, hmm. I, I I fuck up the names of the Lucha Bros. Which one? Which one lost tonight? Uh, Phoenix lost. Phoenix is the one. Uh, he wears no shirt. If that helps. Okay, yeah, that helps because one of them was in a shirt. It took it took me a while. <laughs> it took me a while. Um, maybe we see fucking uh, Pac go uh, get Phoenix. I'm like, hey, bro, this is some shit. True. Let's, let's team up you and me, and we'll fucking go after your brother and Eddie. Listen, yeah, I mean, listen, Eddie been talking all that shit. Oh, that's my best friend. That's my yeah. best friend. You know, so he kicked him out of the ring. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um. And you know Tony was alluding to this too. There's been there, there's some cracks in the family, not only with you know Penta and Phoenix fighting each other, but Butcher and Blade lost one hell of a bunkhouse match. Oh yeah. So I mean they that got some issues going, and Pac is gonna uh, take on the Butcher and sorry take on the Blade next week, um, which is another team that like it took me a while to realize who was who, but once I realized who was, I was like, oh that's a really dope ass name. <laughs> Big so, guy's the butcher. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, that's kind of a dope name. Um, but yeah, man, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, let's keep going with uh, with full gear. What else happened, man? We talked about the tag match, the world title match, number one contender match. We've got a new TNT champion. Yeah, Darbeth Allen. He deserves it. That was a fun match, man. It was. It really it was. was. No, fucking Darby Allen deserves it. He's out there almost every single fucking Wednesday night, giving him hell. You know? <laughs> giving him hell. He's a, he's a good performer. He's fucking. He does, he's not really on the mic too much, but he fucking. He's a he's a star. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I love the. Me and you were texting actually. I love the dynamic between Darby and Cody. Um. And you were responding. You said something about them kind of looking like the big brother, little brother thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of, you know, and, and I didn't even think of that of that aspect. But I was thinking about like, look at Cody, right? Cody, 
was the guy who clearly was like the the all-star jock in high school who like a lot of people probably thought he was an asshole but he was a super hard worker and he's a man of honor so you can't like really hate him even though he's like kind of a dick like you can see it right yeah big time he comes out with the whole entourage his brother the the guy who broke his daddy's arm 30 years ago his fine ass wife you know he's got the whole entourage he's got the fanfare the pomp and circumstance and then you got Darby Allen who kicks it with Steve-O on his off days <laughs> who 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 has homies who sit in the driver's seat while he smacks the windshield of a car with his skateboard but at the heart of it, Darby went to the ring, dolo, and looked that entire thing in the eye like, yeah, I Let's go. went in there and got the job done with the one, two, three. And again, to speak to Cody being a man of honor, he, t- he bowed down on one knee, was like, here, yeah, I mean, you won. I'm glad, I'm glad it went that way. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad Cody wasn't a dick about it. Yeah. You know? He was a dick during the match, but he had to be. Yeah. It's, he had it's to be. Fight. It's a competition. And that's where and that's why I love the dichotomy. Like Cody for weeks, Arn Anderson's been getting on Cody's ass. Focus. Focus. Right? Stop with the fucking push ups. What you doing? You know what I'm saying? But when it came down to it, he handed that belt over, man. He handed it over. And uh, now we've got the tag match next week with uh, Darby and Cody taking on Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. Pretty Ricky, what they call them? Tag matches we got next week. I feel like we got like three. Um, what else we got? We got uh, Bucks and Top Flight. I just yeah. remembered that one. What's the other one? Shit, there might only be two. I'm trying to think of the card off the top of my head. You know, Bucks and Top Flight. Um, Allen and Rhodes versus Cage and Starks. We've got uh, Pac taking on the Blade. I feel like something else was announced, but I'm I'm kind of drawing a blank. Kind of drawing a blank. But so, so so we got Shaq coming in. <laughs> yeah, what's that about, man? Well, I, dude, I have no fucking idea. Did they mean Shaquille O'Neal? I mean, like, like they mentioned it, but they left it a little open ended. They did, but I mean, then they they come on saying, like, oh yeah, Shaq was backstage. He was at full gear. Shaquille O'Neal was backstage, full gear. Yeah. And you know what? I think, you know what? It makes sense. It makes sense. Because I know for years, WWE was trying to land, you know, Shaq versus Big Show. And it yeah. never happened. But also, Shaq works on Inside the NBA, which is a TNT show. Okay. So he's got the TNT influence right there. It it, it kind of makes more sense that they'd be able to land that easier than than WWE would, if this is the Shack that that uh, Miss Cargill mentioned. Huh? 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 I can't front like I was intrigued, but I'm sitting watching the screen like, yo, get to it. <laughs> 
she interrupted Cody. I'm like, yo, okay, get to it. What are you talking about? What are you here I for? Just, I was expecting a fire-ass promo from Cody. Yeah. She just comes in and shut shit down. Yeah, and you know what? Salute to Cody for giving her that shine, you know? Yeah, big time. Um, I'm not sure how much I enjoyed Brandy Rhodes where, like, her... Um, <laughs> I It was a little uncomfortable to watch. Like, because it didn't seem... It didn't seem all the way genuine. Like, she called her a heifer at the end. And I'm like, listen, I know you don't say heifer on a regular basis. Um, So, yeah. I don't know. That's, that's yeah. I don't know how deep I, I can or want to go into that. But we'll see where it goes. Uh, mixed tag? Mixed tag match, maybe? Shit. Mabes? Uh, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why not? Who knows, man? I mean, um, NBA season starts December, what, 22nd? So, I mean, that's just, what, six weeks? Six weeks away. So, Shaq will be working. He'll be on TNT. That's that's great plug, man. Great promo. Um, that's why TNT fits so well with AEW. Like, it's a sports network and a mature drama network. And AEW is a sports promotion with mature, dramatic storylines. It fits perfectly. You're uh, you're kind of getting scratched again. You said it fits better than back in the day. Yes. I kind of agree. I kind of agree. I mean, AEW will still get you know preempted on no, 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 because on Wednesdays they do NBA on ESPN. So they'll only get preempted during the playoffs, which I think would happen sometimes with, with WCW. But yeah, the fit seems a little more natural in 2020. And you know what I think that is, too? I mean, you know, we're thinking about like 96, 97, right? 22, 23, 24 years later, the people who run TNT were the people who were watching back in 96, 97, 98. So they respect it a little bit more. Which I can get with. Maybe not running TNT, but you know what I mean. Yeah. So I can get with that. I can get with that. Um, What else happened, man? Of course, we mentioned uh, Sheeta and Nyla Rose. I was impressed with that match. Yeah, I watched some highlights. Um, I didn't actually go back and watch the full match. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was... Uh, Sheeta wasn't fucking around. Yo, Sheeta wanted all the smoke, didn't she? <laughs> <laughs> All the smoke, man. I, uh, yeah, man, gotta say I'm glad I switched that pick and, and, uh, remembered that, you know, they got Britt Baker DMD waiting in the wings, man. Um, I think that's been a, a slow roast, uh, a smoker, if you will, that, that ace that they're trying to build. I can respect that they are, they're, they're working on the women's division. We, we, we've talked about how that's kind of the weakness of the, the entire promotion. Um, they're working on the women's division. We saw Ty Conti take on Red Velvet on AEW. We saw Serena Deeb, uh, I believe, take on Allison Kay in the buy-in. Um, so we know there's Big Swole, Nyla Rose, uh, Thunder Rosa. They've they're, 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 they've got pieces. They just got to put it together. Uh, Britt Tony, Baker, say it again. Did Tony Khan just actually address uh, like the way people are feeling about the women's division? Yep, yep, and that was actually that was actually I was using I was using that conversation to kind of you know talk about you know Kenny and um, we'll talk about the promotion overall. Yeah, no, you're you're you're, you're absolutely right. 
they have a story, but they didn't really need to build a story because, you know, Nyla Rose. And actually, you know what? You mentioned Tony Khan. I think I'm getting it mixed up with a Cody interview um, where Cody was saying, and, and sorry to cut off your point, but Cody was saying that, like, people are so used to, for the last 30 years, 20, 30 years, they're so used to, like, having this big dramatic story behind the matches, right? Whereas they, the rankings, wins and losses mean something. So they can take a match with a number one contender and a champion and not have to have this big dramatic story behind it and just have it be a match for the title. Yeah, that's fucking, I'm so glad they have a ranking system in AEW. Yeah, yeah. It makes so much more sense. And it gives them more depth. Yeah. It gives them more ways to make matches. I'm, I'm with it. Didn't WWE try to do this a couple of years ago, and they just they for, just for about on it. three weeks. <laughs> they they announced everybody's records when they would come out and shit like that. And they had a sm- <laughs> just went away. They had a SmackDown top ten for like three weeks, like a power rankings. I remember that. <laughs> like I don't know if it would have worked as well as how it's working for AEW right now. But I mean. Fuck, they only did it for three weeks, you said. I mean, goddamn, yeah. give it a little more time to that and see how it rolls. But... And they're so ADD over at WWE. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? There was the, um, I think I was reading a, a FTR interview about their feud with the Usos. And, you know, remember during that feud, they had they had a little bit of momentum, you know what I'm saying? Usi hot, where, you know, the balls are on fire because, you know, they washed or something with, with Usi hot, Icy hot, you know what I'm saying? They shave each other's backs, and they just like completely switched the story and had them go do two other things. So when they came back to start feuding and try to build that story again, it didn't have any momentum to it. It was like they started over. So, yeah, man. Yeah, man. I got to touch on this. Well, we had two specific things I want to touch on. But you know what? Let's not, ne- let's not neglect the whole card. I want to give a quick shout to Orange Cassidy and John Silver. Um, that match was better than I was anticipating. Oh yeah, to be Big quite time. honest, um, I haven't really. I haven't. I shouldn't say watch much of. I haven't watched any episodes of of Being the Elite. Uh, but from what I understand, John Silver is really like using that platform to get himself over as as a character. Um, that match was a great showcase for him. It was. He's the best part of the fucking Dark Order. Yeah. I mean, sounds like Brody Lee, I think. I think he is. I just realized we haven't seen Brody or Colt or Dark Uno or Stu Grayson in a while. Um, they, were which I, out, they were peeking out this past Wednesday. Were they? Okay, I must have missed that. Okay. During the, uh, what, during the women's match? Or did I just miss it completely? It was during the women's match. Okay. For, and they, it was like, it was like. Right at the end, right? Yeah, it's kind of. It kind of seemed like they weren't supposed to be out there. Uh, like they're creeping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> dig it, dig it, dig it. Which I mean, that's only good for the Dark Order, right? They've got so many people. Like it's great to establish the different personalities. So yes, Brody Lee is is over. He ain't going nowhere. Coca Band is over. Um, you know, Dark Uno and Stu Grayson are the tag team of Dark Order. So I'm not mad at all, man. Um, great showcase for 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 John Silver. Um, Orange Cassidy, of course, is over, and John Silver got to show off. You know, I mean, I listen. I never seen a one handed press slam. No, <laughs> you know hard. what I'm saying. <laughs> that was hard. That was hard. So, 
Um, great match for you know, and like I said, you know, Orange Cassidy won, but but John Silver got to showcase what he can do. Uh, oh, that's the match we forgot. Orange Cassidy taking on Kip Sabian next week. Oh yeah, on AEW, that's going to be really fun. Um, really, really fun getting that uh quick quick slap backstage after he apologized. <laughs> listen, hey. listen, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Whatever. <laughs> caught the caught the slap. Um. Got to give a shout to this man. Now we were texting during during Full Gear, and this match started, and we both was like, "Y'all forgot about this match." <laughs> Talk to me about the Elite Deletion match, man. I was talking so much shit about these fucking, uh, fucking cinematic matches. matches. Yeah. yeah, cinematic matches. There you go. I love the shit out of this one. <laughs> really? Okay. Tell tell me yeah, about it. It was it was just fun. It was all over the place. I mean, from the fucking fireworks, goddamn monster truck. Yeah, how many Roman candles is in that motherfucker, man? That motherfucker they was shooting. Up, <laughs> they were loaded up. Ready I'm saying. Fucking grill. I mean, what the fuck comes out of nowhere? Yeah, that was know? fun. Yeah. And that I mean, and then they take it to the ring inside the warehouse. And yeah. get crazy. I mean, it was Sammy Guevara is a fucking star. I like Sammy. I like Sammy. Yeah. I like that they gave uh, Santana Ortiz something to do and Private Party something to do. Yes. Um, getting them involved. Now I'll have to go back. Go ahead. Hold on, it's getting scratchy. Give me one second. It's scratching up again. Try again. Go ahead. My input on my fucking phone. We gotta get you. A, we gotta get you that S twenty one. I ain't trying to pay for that shit. <laughs> I, I give you five dollars. Oh, okay, bet. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, bro. But no, I'm so, I'm so glad Ortiz is on fucking Sammy's side with about MJF fucking yeah. joining. I mean, yeah. like they did they did Sammy dirty this week. So, yeah, yeah we we gonna touch on that in a second. Yep, yep. <laughs> I um I'm gonna have to go back and watch the deletion matches from TNA, but Matt Hardy somehow somehow made his character and the deletion matches exist within their own story outside of any particular promotion. Yep. His deletion matches have their own internal stories that Somehow tie together, um, which I can't be mad at. I mean, I've talked about how like Matt Hardy to me, just, I mean, you know, man, but like you got to respect the legacy of Matt Hardy. And looking at this, like, okay, there's there's some there's some threads here. I mean, we got to you know the hurricane arrived, and he was like, "Oh, what took you so long?" He's like, "Listen, man, story internal storytelling. I had to get to AEW just to finish this off." I'm like, "All right, all right, all right, salute." You know what I'm saying? I ain't mad. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, that match, it it was I it was enjoyable. It was enjoyable. I'm gonna give it that. I got one nitpick though. One one nit to pick. What's that? When we got to the warehouse and Matt was like, "Yo, close the door to the dome of the deletion," right? Gangrel, Santana, Ortiz were right at the door. What happened to Gangrel, Santana, and Ortiz? <laughs> they went off into like a different dimension. They were just like, oh man, fuck it. 
Oh, they fighting. Fuck it. Oh, all right, whatever. They're in the ring. Yeah. They, oh, they clear. Oh, they in the ring. That's cool. Because, I mean, Private Party was there. So, you could at least took that quick second to, like, show Private Party fighting off Gangrel and San Ortiz. I mean, that's a, that's a quick 15, 20 second shot. And the hurricane. I didn't want to leave out the hurricane. But, yeah. They just, they got locked out. And I was like, okay, well, you know what I'm saying? What a oob. I guess we're not invited to this party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, but otherwise, no, very, very, very enjoyable. You talked about Sammy Guevara. I thought they would actually write Sammy off of TV completely this week, considering how, how it ended. That's another uh, another another salute. Um, the way that Matt won the match, the, the that concerto, that is what Randy Orton did to him to write him off of television. Huh. Continuity. Yeah. Continuity. Fuck it, they're, they're fucking taking shit from other people. I'm not and mad. I'm not mad at it either. Matt Hardy remembers. <laughs> Matt Hardy remembers. <laughs> Matt Hardy remembers. Um, but, yeah, you know, I thought they would write Sammy Guevara off television. I guess to a small extent they did, but... Uh, you know, as we talked about, he was left out of the induction of MJF as MJF defeated Chris Jericho at full gear. Talk to me about that match. Man, that, it's what needed to happen. Mm. You know, um, MJF was the better guy. You know, He cheated better. He cheated better. Yeah. I mean, Chris Jericho's not a slouch on cheat neither, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. That was kind of what the match was. Who could cheat better? Yeah, who could cheat better? Who could cheat first without getting caught? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. This match. Like go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 that's all I was going to say. Is I liked it a lot. Yeah. This this match. Uh, I got to be honest. I I got to be honest. This was probably the worst match of the night for me. Yeah. Um. It. I expected more. I think I expect more because Chris Jericho's had a thirty year career. But I need to relegate myself to the fact that, like, Chris Jericho, his matches, whatever they lack in work rate, they're going to be great in story of themselves. The story of getting to this match was entertaining. The execution of the match was just straight. It was cool. It was cool. I mean, yeah, Jericho hit a Frankensteiner and he's 59 years old. Cool. Um, but yeah, it was, yeah, it just, it was what it was. It, it wasn't a bad match. It was one of those matches that's like, it, it, something has to be the worst because that's how numbers work. But this was it. yeah, this was it. Uh, I wasn't overly impressed, but it was more so the, there's the story and then there was the match to get to the story. You know how we have like the story to get to the match. Yes. This match was like, we gotta, we gotta tell more of the story. The in-ring product isn't as important in this storyline. Uh, but MJF defeated Chris Jericho, and then we got the induction on Dynamite. Uh, you know, in case in point, the inner circle's going to Vegas. So, going somebody's going to be left behind. And it's going to be Sammy fucking Guevara. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he has been shitting on Sammy. Weeks, he gave him that big ass TP of a jacket. He gave him the three room tent of a jacket. 
after he forgot to give him a jacket in the first place, he somehow, Sammy somehow only got one email. Everyone else got two, but Sammy only got one email. He sent my man's off to the beach. And I know we're going to get some hangover-esque shenanigans oh, yes. via the gang's time in Las Vegas. See, I, I'm act, I, I don't like, man. I wonder, I wonder if MJF's gonna start his own clique. Like this whole inauguration thing, it's all just, uh, just to work, just to get him in there, and him try to fuck up the inner circle, and then on down the road we get the blood and guts match, and it'll be inner circle versus MJF's clique. <sighs> Something about MJF just screams out like loner to me. He's got Wardlow because he's a rich kid, so he just needs like a butler slash bodyguard. Something about him doesn't scream out like like click member. I agree with you, but but at the same time, I mean that's why I don't think he's actually going to be in the inner circle. Oh, he's definitely he's he's got some shit under his sleeve. He's he's got some shit up his sleeve. And this is going to blow up beautifully. And I think maybe this is something we see at Revolution. This will blow up at Revolution. We'll somehow play this story out another three months um, up until, you know, I think we get the blow off at Revolution, whatever it is. That's Say it again. That's probably a lawyer. His, his dad's a lawyer. <laughs> I'm not touching that one. Oh. Um, <laughs> He said, my dad gave me a small loan of a million dollars. Yeah, all right. Yeah, all right. I did it on my own. I did it on my own. Quoting Drake lyrics. Came Ortiz's the one. Pick up on it. Right, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, nah. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm entertained. I'm entertained with this. The in-ring product is, is secondary to this storyline. I mean, it's another dimension of what pro wrestling is, right? Big time. So I'm. They not, were I'm talking not. about a while ago, like back in the '90s. The wrestling didn't even matter; like it was just all storyline. Man, listen, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how many how many brawls in the crowd can you do? Yeah, you know, I'm with it, man. I'm with it. So we've uh, listen, man. We've been singing AW's praises for the most part, um, and we've been honest about you know things we've had to be honest about. But they're rolling, man. They're rolling full gear. Full gear. And I'm all in. Get out of here. <laughs> until until they're all out. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> but up until they're all out, I'm betting double or nothing every time. To the revolution. Till the revolution is televised. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Dynamite! <laughs> Yes, yes. Goodness gracious, man. Shorter show tonight, but uh, jam-packed show. Jam-packed show. I think we really, yeah, we, we, we did it all in this uh, hour and eight minutes so far, man. Um, next week, we're going to be back. Next week, we got Survivor Series 2020. A little 2020. I'm looking forward to this one, actually. Dude, Survivor Series is a sleeper, man. It's a sleeper show every single year. Um, the storyline, I mean, listen, they just did a draft. <laughs> yeah. 
So there's no real brand, there's no real brand loyalty. It's a, it's a matter of personal ego. Um, We're seeing two right now. Did you did you happen to catch Raw? Uh, I may have read some of it. Uh, what I missed? Well, no, I mean it's just the way I think things are going to go at yeah. Survivor Series. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? We're going to be touching on all that next week. Pause. Next week also marks, man, our three-year anniversary, dog. <laughs> dog, what you get me, dog? A knuckle sandwich? <laughs> Did, oh, man. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say, like, you know, hot takes or something. Uh, <laughs> I would have taken, hey, wait till next week. I could have I waited, you know. Oh, okay. I'm bad at keeping surprises. Yeah, I shouldn't have asked. <laughs> I should I shouldn't I should not have asked. Uh but yeah, man, next week marks three years, dog. This thing has flown by. We have uh man, we've we've definitely done it all. Um but we'll definitely be running through the Survivor series, uh Survivor series card next week. As I was saying, you know, storyline is kinda weak. Um, you know, brand supremacy and brand loyalty, there's not too I mean, most of the raw team, like, they were on SmackDown <laughs> three weeks ago. Um, so, but the in-ring action is always, is always thumbs up for Survivor Series. You get all those big, big names together. So I'm not mad at all. We're going to run through the entire Survivor Series card next week. Want to let y'all know, man, the Q&A episode is still coming. That's probably looking like December when we get a free time there. We'll probably open up the, the polls and the whatnot, uh, for a few more questions, uh, between now and then. So stay tuned. But in the meantime, Big Ren, let them know they can reach you on the social medias, dog. You got it, amigo. Y'all can find me on Twitter and Instagram at A motherfucker, A underscore M, A A F H U C K A. Then y'all can also find me on Snapchat at MoffedUp316, M A A F F H H D U P 316. Check it out, y'all. Yes, yes, yes. Hit me on Twitter and the Instagrams at Juvie Desayuno, J-U-V-I-D-E-S-A-Y-U-N-O. Check out the show page on Twitter and the Instagrams at The Hard Camera. Who would have thunk it? But above all else, there are a variety of ways you're listening to us. You're listening to us on Spotify. Some are listening on Anchor. Some are listening on Google Podcasts. Some are listening on Breaker. Wherever you're listening, Tell the people you love, they'll tell the, they'll tell the people that they like. Heartwarming content, heart-building content, great content. Content that survives, content that goes full gear, that goes double or nothing until the revolution is televised, until we're all out, we are all in. Content that will hopefully help us pay our bills. In the vein of Chappelle's show, I'm broke, nigga, I'm broke! <clears throat> <laughs> we'll see y'all next week. I am your guy, Juve, sitting here with my tag team partner, Big Ren, the legendary, and together we are the Highlanders. Until next time, we will see y'all next time. Adios, amigos. Salute.